All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're watching Oilers Nation Radio. Welcome in to Oilers Nation Radio, everybody, a Friday edition of the show. We are going to have all your usual stuff today on the program with our hot and cold performers. We got Ask the Idiots. We got League Notes, who delivered a delicious debate. But we're going to start today with on a little bit of a somber note, as I'm sure a lot of you have heard by now. We lost one of our teammates over the last 24 hours here with the passing of Robin Brownlee, senior writer with the website and a guy who had been on the Oilers beat forever and doing a hell of a job of it. Um, so we just wanted to start the show by first off passing along our condolences to his friends and family. And I mean, hey, considering we were all friends of Robin as well, sharing a little bit about what we loved about him. Uh, Bag Milk, I'm going to let you go first. I know you have a piece coming up on the website and you did a great job yesterday on Better Late Than Never talking about what Robin meant to you. But I'll let you uh, lead us off here as we remember our teammate. He was the best. Um, I loved Robin. He was great from the first time. And I, I'm writing a piece about him on for Sunday. So it's going to go into his usual off the top of my head slot on Sunday morning on the website. And it's going to be fun to kind of talk about his life and what he meant to me and kind of take you behind the scenes on dealing with him. He was, uh, he was great. He was, a uh, he was, a. Uh, Sometimes he was a crusty old fuck, but that was part of the reason I loved him the most. He was, he he was bitter. He was angry, but he also had a heart of gold, and he was a bit a big softy. And sometimes you got the claws when you poke the bear a little bit. And as I got used to dealing with Robin and just experiencing that and having a good time with him, it just I really grew to enjoy when he would get angry because 
he wasn't ever angry at an individual. He was always angry at situations. And that always made me laugh because I would like to slide in a joke and try and make him laugh when he was mad. And then sometimes I would get him and they would diffuse the whole situation. And it was fun. I had so many good interactions with him over the last 10 years that we got to work together that tough news yesterday, really tough news, not just for you know sports fans in Edmonton, but for everybody that got a chance to know him personally, because while there was a gruff exterior, um, he was just the he was the nicest man. And I, I think that that's the point I wanted to get across in the piece that I'm writing for Sunday is we all knew him from what you read on in newspapers and on the website. But ultimately, behind the scenes, he was a really great supportive man that just always wanted the best for everybody that he worked with. And I, I think that that's part of the reason I'm going to remember him most. And outside of that, he was just my favorite sports writer. He always was. And, you know, that's... He, he was one person that no matter what he wrote, I was always going to read it. So at OilersNation.com, he wrote over 2,000 articles. And I'd be stunned if I didn't read all of them. So he, uh, yeah, he was a huge part of the team. Frankly, the five of us wouldn't be talking into microphones about the Oilers right now if Robin hadn't joined ON back in 2007. He was the first person to join the website that added any sense of legitimacy to it. With no Robin, there's no Gregor. And with no Robin and Gregor, this thing doesn't turn into what it is today. And uh, I think that's important to remember that. Robin took a chance. He took uh, Wanya and Jay's call back in the day when nobody really knew what blogging was. And he kind of took a leap of faith and joined us and started building Oilers Nation into what it is now. And obviously, there's a massive hole on the website and for all of us that knew him. But... um, it's hard not to think about Robin and just be grateful for all the great stuff he did for us and the opportunities that he paved the way for. And like I said, I was just very, very grateful that I got a chance to work with him and just learn as much as I possibly could over the last 10 years. Yeah, the nation would not be what it is if it wasn't for a guy like Robin, like you said, BM, taking a chance on the early days of the company. Dan, I'll let you go next. Yeah, I mean, for me uh, personally, I... I have a little bit of regret um, with the loss of Robin. The last interaction that him and I had uh, wasn't great. Uh, he challenged me on something and I didn't like it. And, and I kind of walked away from it. And uh, so, sorry, the uh, loss of loss of Robin is just a good reminder to, uh, to you know, don't leave those things unsaid. Uh, because Robin was, you know, like Bag Milk said, he was a guy that he... Uh, he always had that opinion and man, was he going to stick to it? And, and he challenged you on stuff and, you know, I, I loved him for it. And I appreciated the, the, the few interactions that we did get to have uh, through social media. And then uh, meeting him in person, you just got to really see the the family guy that he was. Um, and that's the, I think the toughest part of this is that he's leaving behind two young guys that he, uh, that he just loved and, and, uh, and a wife that he adored. So yeah, I, I, uh, it's just, it's a tough, tough day. Like Bag Milk said, and, and, and a huge, a huge loss for Oilers nation. And I hope that, I hope that everybody's listening to this can really understand like Bag Milk said there and really just kind of hold on to that, that, that if it weren't for Robin, we wouldn't be here. So yeah, it's a, it's a huge loss. Rick, I mean, not just Robin Brownlee, but we also lost John Short over the last couple of days. And you are about as diehard as they come in the Edmonton uh, sports landscape. So these are probably a couple of guys you spent a lot of time reading and listening to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to be honest with you, I've never been the the, the biggest reader. I know I went through the sun every day when I was a kid and the, and the paper came out and that's, that's how you kind of got your news every day. So I flipped through everything, got through 
I didn't necessarily have a big fan when it came to reading. I didn't have a big fan or a writer, but I listened to John Short every night before I went to bed. So, I mean, all over Twitter, everyone's telling the exact same story. Hey, you know, I went to bed listening to him and whatever. Uh, Robin, though, I don't believe I actually got to meet him. I may have met him once or twice at one of the nation parties doing whatever. Um, but for the most part, I knew him through probably the Low Tide show um, back when 1260 was still a thing. I'm a little old school, so I still like the whole, you know, sit down on the carpet and listen to story time. So anytime those old guys who love to tell stories, and he was a great storyteller, and he had a lot of stories to tell. So anytime one of those guys want to sit down and, you know, just kind of go over their memories or whatever, I'll be the first one to sit there with uh, with a glass of water and listen. So, yeah, no, it's it's been a tough day. I've understood that, you know, everything you guys have gone through and knowing them closer and BM, probably knowing them better than everybody else. but. Uh, yeah, it was a tough day in uh, in Edmonton in general. You know when you met yeah. him? Let, oh, you know when you met him? Over. Uh, you know when you met him is uh, when we had. I think it was. It might have been the RIP DOD party we threw, or maybe it was. Um, yeah, like I think I remember it was the one where Jeff Drew and Delorier was there. Two of the bars. Brought, one of the two of the parties, and uh, I was, was going to say JDD was there. Yeah, he brought Jeff Drew and Delorier to one of our parties, and he was just okay. hanging out with Brownlee. And then we were making Brownlee sign people's Oilers jerseys, which made him very uncomfortable because. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, he doesn't come off as a guy who's going to uh, enjoy oh, a lot of that him. kind of attention. Uh, <laughs> He hated it. We're like, Brownlee, we want you to sign this guy's jersey. He's like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, we all did it. He goes, you're idiots. And that was <laughs> the best part about him is he would just tell you off and then you would just begrudgingly go along with it anyway. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the old guys. who kind of fit that mold. So they, uh, their harsh words really don't sit too hard on me. I kind of understand where it's coming from and, and get that stuff. So I kind of just sit back and enjoy it. I'm sorry. I'm just jumping in all over the place. But like <laughs> in the thing I'm writing for Sunday, it starts off by... One of my favorite quotes from Brownlee, he insults me right to my face. But the way he did it was just... I didn't take offense to it because it was Brownlee. And I always thought it was hilarious. And the fact that in my Twitter... Uh, not my Twitter. In my email signature from my bag milk email, it always says, mediocre writer at Oilers Nation. And he would reply sometimes with, mediocre writer, you, you wish. Or it's good to have goals. Or it's good to like strive for something. So he was always hilarious in that way. But at the same point if my writing has ever improved over the last 10 years, a big part of it is because of the notes that he would send me. Liam, I'll uh, let you go last. We got to have him on our show a couple of times throughout this season. And uh, he was always a pleasure to sit back. And like you said, Rick, hear the stories he had to tell. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I never got the chance to meet Robin, but I guess just from hearing the stories the last couple of, couple of days about him, I'm very grateful of the fact that he took the opportunity to make all this nation of what it is today. Like, like BM said, like we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and just an English guy that loves hockey that found a hockey website. And it sounds like if it wasn't for Robin Brownlee, then this opportunity wouldn't be here. And I think it's cool too, to hear the stories that Gregor told yesterday. Like the one that really stood out to me was specifically that Robin would send him a message on father's day saying happy father's day. And just all these other things like he would never text people. He would only DM people, which I think was very funny of, of him to do. So yeah, I'll miss having him on our show and reading his stuff on Oilers Nation. He seemed like a very unique person that's going to be missed daily. Yeah, 100%. So uh, I mean, we've had a ton of tributes to Robin and uh, it, it, I think 
you especially begged milk. I, I got a chance to read the piece you're going to put out on Sunday. It was incredibly well done. Better late than never. We did a real life as well as we uh, remember a teammate that's no longer with us. Uh, it's never easy to transition out of that kind of a topic. So like I said, we are going to get into all of the regularly scheduled programming here on the show. But first, we're going to step aside for a quick break. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, let's get into things. It is the delicious debate, and it is brought to you by Wendy's. The bacon portobello mushroom melt is back, Rick. BPMM, I know that's your favorite stat, but it's only back for a limited time. Also, maybe you could be winning a prize like that bacon portobello mushroom melt if you play the Daily Faceoff Survivor game over at dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. Is anybody still alive this week? I was, I was aware of it. <laughs> yeah, I, Tage Thompson did not guide me to victory this week. Uh, so it looks like I'm the only one left still kicking, heading into the weekend. Yeah. If you think you can go four for four, head to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. And hey, you know what, guys? I'll, I'll throw I'll, I'll throw some chirps your way. You're all losers when it comes to the game, but you can be winners come dinner time by downloading the Wendy's app and picking up rent Wendy's rewards points. Uh, here's our delicious debate for the day, and it is this. Boys, it's a nine-game heater. We're running out of fingers. We're going to lose count right away. I want you to predict... And it's morbid. When will the Oilers winning streak end, Dan? That's so gross to make us do right off the bat here. Uh, I got to look at the schedule because it's not Montreal that we're losing to. So, so I got Seattle, Calgary. Yeah. So you got Montreal Saturday, two day break Sunday, Monday, and then they're back home against Toronto, then Seattle, then Calgary next week. And then following that, they've got Columbus, they've got Chicago, and they've got Nashville to round out the month. All right. I'm, I'll just bite the bullet and say they're losing to Toronto. And then it's the start of another eight-game or nine-game win streak. <laughs> Rick, are you even going to give me an answer? <laughs> yeah, I don't like that question. I, I won't lie to you. The Tuesday game kind of scares me. but And I really, the last two games kind of say maybe the, the, the slides, or maybe it's coming to a bit of an end here. And maybe, you know, the Saturday game, they're kind of looking at uh, at Tuesday ahead of time. But I think you got 
Saturday in Montreal, I think they're going to be locked in for that. I think they're actually going to be locked in for Toronto. I can see maybe the Seattle one or the Columbus one, maybe Nashville, but I don't see them losing to Calgary, Toronto, or Montreal, to be honest with you. I don't think they're losing to Montreal. I'm in agreement with you guys on that. I'm going to say, oh, man, it's a tough one, but I, I might do uh, Seattle on Wednesday. I, they usually get up for these Thursday. Leafs games. I wouldn't be surprised if they won. Sorry, Thursday. Uh, Liam, what's your pick? Yeah, I kind of looking at Seattle game too. I'm just, there was a lot of emotion in the Red Wings game, I think, just because of how frustrating it was that they couldn't score more earlier in the game. Then the Montreal game is always a tough one when you go to the Bell Center, but I think they'll win. I think they'll put a lot of energy in the Toronto game too, and I think maybe they'll just kind of, the flame might die out a little bit for the Seattle game, especially with Calgary coming up too. There's just, there's a lot on the line in all of these games, I feel like. So it's going to, I don't know, but that Seattle game just feels like the one. Bag milk, you're the last one to go. We've got a couple of different answers so far. When do you think this winning streak ends? February 17th against the Dallas Stars. It's a matinee on the road. I don't like it. <laughs> was, so just for the record, I think that, that going to the going to the Kraken would be the record for the Oilers, right? No, tomorrow would be. They've never had a 10-game oh, right. winning streak in their, right. uh, in their history. But there is, there is some. We did have a home winning streak of like 14 or so, I think. But that's obviously a little bit different. For the record, if the Oilers were to lose against Dallas, that would be a 21-game win streak. Yeah, you. No, I would not be overly surprised if they get through the rest of the month. I wouldn't I either. Are they in the President Trophy conversation if they win 21 games in a row? No, buddy, oh, they're really okay with it. That would be some. Uh, all right. So I, I should have known that I wouldn't get uh, great answers on that one. So then let's take a positive angle at what we've seen over the last nine games. And let me throw you a second version of the delicious debate. And it's a simple one. What's been the most surprising part of this nine game run? I, if I could take an easy one right off the bat, it's that Calvin Pickard has come in for a handful of these and delivered quality, quality starts, even if the numbers aren't great, like last night against Detroit. The fact the Oilers are getting reliable goaltending from the dude who started the year as the third string has been awesome. Uh, I'll flip the script, bagged milk. What's been the most surprising part for you? I think that they're winning games that they would have absolutely lost earlier in the season. Tuesday against Chicago, they should have blown out Chicago. It, but at the same point, it also felt like a trap game where you go into that one with the expectation that it's going to be like eight, nine, one or something. And they still managed to find a way to squeak it out. You know, there was two disallowed goals in that game. Certainly they would have helped, but it didn't matter. They still won, found a way to win. Anyway, last night in Detroit, same thing. Alex Lyon through 40 minutes looked like Dominic Hasek. And yet, the Oilers still found a way to win on a night where it looked like things were not going their way. I mean, when Darnell nurse, when um, the time goal late in the game bounced in off Darnell nurses, like, well, I guess bounced into the crease and then just laid there. And then it went in. I thought I was like, Oh man, there it goes. There's that's the end of the win streak. But then nurse came back and wanted an OT and they found a way. So I think finding a way to win games that we think maybe they shouldn't or things are going against them and still winning anyway. That's a nice surprise for me. Uh, Liam, you're next. Yeah, I like that one. I was going to kind of go something along those lines too. I'll say most impressive part of the win streak. What game did this win streak start? Was it the Devils? Yeah, the Devils. The Devils. 
What is the most impressive? Uh, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Like, okay. I, <laughs> I know it's a terrible answer, but like, I think the goaltending, I would say the goaltending has been the most surprising part. Like, Stuart Skinner has been arguably in his best form as a as an Oilers goaltender, right? I think that's not, not saying I didn't expect Skinner to be good, but he's been really, really good. And it, he's that, that game against the Rangers is probably his worst game, if we even want to label it as that. But he just allowed two late goals, and one of them was like with 0.01 seconds left or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, Rick, what, what about you? What stands out when you look back at the last nine games? Uh, you know what I was going to say? I wasn't, I'm not terribly, I'm not terribly surprised. Like I'm happy they're doing it. There might be a couple names on the roster right now that I'm more surprised than seeing them put together a seven, eight game winning streak, nine game, whatever 10 is about to be. This is not the, the beginning of the year is not what this team is. This team is what we've seen since pretty much uh, November 11th on. That's what this team is. That's what everyone expected it to be uh, coming into this season. The beginning of the season is what it is. You know, it's, it's over. It's done with. There was a lot of weird shit happened then. But so this is the team that I expect us to be um, all season long. The fact that you know um, James Hamlin's in the lineup right now is is pretty surprising. And the fact he's you know he's sticking in the lineup as long as he has. The backup goaltender by name surprising by results. I kind of expected whoever the backup goaltender was going to be to kind of do that. That's kind of what you expect out of a. Stanley Cup caliber team. Um, I personally had thought Jack would have uh, jumped back into the game a bit and had a bit of a better season, but it is what it is. It's, we're getting the numbers out of a different name. That's all it is. Um, other than that, though, I'm, I'm enjoying this, but it's our record right now is still probably a little bit less than what I expected to be at the beginning of the season. So as much as it's fun and everything and surprising or whatever, um, it's a it's a golf clap right now and move on to the next game because we still have some some road to make up. Yeah, a little bit. The fact that they've won, I mean, whatever, 17 of their last 20 games or whatever, and they're still only sitting in a wildcard spot is is quite something. Uh, Dan, I'll let you wrap this one up. Well, for me, I think you guys touched on it with different answers there, but it's the defensive efforts altogether. Uh, the penalty kill is is has been stellar only allowing two power play goals in my quick math there i was doing on the fly uh so yeah i i I think that there's all those things above and just overall the team is just not allowing outside of last night's power or penalty kill which was i think they just kind of threw up a wing and a prayer on a couple of those uh hope hoping that the guys wouldn't score from the the points or the corners but uh yeah it, it the defensive effort overall for me has just been, it's just been noticeable and better. So yeah, they, as much as they aren't maybe necessarily scoring the goals that they should be against the Chicago's and the Detroit's of the world, they're not allowing the chances for those teams as well. There you go. That is our delicious debate brought to you by Wendy's and the daily face-off survivor game. We've had a couple of hockey games to talk about since our last podcast on Tuesday, victories over the Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings. Two dubs. It feels good. So let's get to who delivered brought to you by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and no delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. That's 25% off up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the app in the App Store and enter the code NATION25. DoorDash has so many options. Sometimes picking just one, it can be a little difficult, which is why the new Double Dash feature is as elite as it is it lets you add an additional order from another restaurant with no extra delivery fee 
or order minimum. So when you order pizza, you can add a bubble tea. When you order tacos, you can add ice cream to the end of that order. Uh, and it's all possible because of the new double dash feature. Who delivered? Uh, well, I'll really mix up the order here. Liam, I'll let you go first. The Oilers got five goals over the last two games from four different goal scorers. So there are some some names to pick from. Well, before I get to my who delivered, I would like to let everybody know that I used DoorDash last night and had Wish a nice... Had. I had got Earl's. I had the Cajun chicken oh, sandwich. Very nice. Yeah, it's very bougie of me. So I used the, uh, the Nation 25 code and it was delicious and nutritious, I believe. Uh, but who delivered for me? I will say... Uh, Connor McDavid. I'll just take the easy, the easy layup. Last night, Connor McDavid's goal was basically everything the Oilers needed and, and more. It was incredible. Shout out to Jake Wallman again for basically just standing there, pretending that the game had stopped and put his hand in the air, claiming for offside. So thanks for that, Jake Wallman. Go gritty somewhere else. And um, yeah, Connor McDavid, my man who delivered. Uh, Dan, I'll let you go second. What do you got? Who delivered for you over the last six and a bit periods of Oilers hockey? Plain and simple, it's, it's Zach Hyman. He just continues to be absolute fire on his stick. The puck is in the back of the net. It's consistent. He is he is driving this team, and he become he continues to become a fan favorite around the city. Yeah, and he had more goals disallowed than goals that actually ended up in the back of the net. So he's back to his Ooh. usual tricks from last season. Bagged milk. Who delivered? I'm going to give some love to somebody who never gets any love outside of this podcast or a handful of people out there. And it's the guy who got the OT winner, Darnell Nurse. A lot of people were blaming him for a puck taking an unlucky bounce off his leg and sitting in the crease on the tying goal. And the, what do the hockey gourds do? They come back and they bless us with a Darnell OT winner to right the ship. That's just good sports right there. It was the result we deserved. I mean, it took a little bit longer to get there than we maybe thought, but Darnell Nurse was great last night. He played 22-52, scored the OT winner, had two pims, a shot. His only shot on net went in the uh his only shot on goal went in the net. And uh, I just think he's playing some really good hockey this season, so I'm going to give some love to Darnell Nurse. Yeah, man, the people who are hating on him, I said uh this on Owen every day and I, and it's going to come across as maybe a little arrogant or whatever, but if you're still talking shit about Darnell Nurse, you don't know hockey, you aren't watching the games. It's simple as that. So I love that you give him some love there, Bag Milk. Rick, who delivered? Well, Bag Milk took my guy, but uh listen, when you're uh, when you got 9 in a row and two like this, it's pretty easy to pick pretty much anybody on the team. So I'm just going to close my eyes, throw a dart here, and uh, it hit Nuge. Um, what he did around the net there last night in order to get that puck to Hyman for that goal was pretty special. The dude is out there five-on-five on, five on our best line. The dude is out there five-on-four on four in our best PP. The dude is out there four-on-five on five in our best PK. He's, he does everything on, on the ice right now. He's got a real nice contract, and he's going to go wire-to-wire as an Edmonton Oilers. So we're going to just give it to the big man, Nuge. I really want to see him tune up Maureen Sider last night. I didn't. I don't think that Sider knew what he was stepping into. I really wanted it to happen. Liam, uh, Liam made a hilarious joke during the live stream where he was just like, "Justin Wall could have gone over to him and be like, I don't think you want that smoke, my guy." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give my who delivered to just the team as a whole, but for one sort of specific thing, and it's team defense. Their commitment to making life easy on the goaltenders. This is not something we were seeing earlier in the year. In the last two games, the Oilers penalty kill, six for six. That is awesome. That is, that's good numbers. You win one goal or tie games. Like You win these games because your special teams, specifically your PK, were very, very good. But also, 
The Oilers have blocked 40 shots in the last two games. You want to talk about having goalies who are putting up good numbers when you got five Chris Russells in front of you at all points, which is basically what it seems like right now. 40 block shots in two games is a significant number. So the Oilers commitment to team defense is going to be my who delivered for this one. I think we had 18 blocks in the first two periods yesterday. I think I saw a stat between periods and we were up 18-10 on them for block shots. May I give an honorable mention? Tyler? Would that, yep. be, would that be okay? Uh, Rick, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Vincent DeHaney came up a year ago yesterday, right? Uh, I think his first game was a year ago yesterday. He came up a couple yesterday. days before that. So, so I'll give a honorable year-long who delivered to Vincent DeHaney. I think he's been healthy scratched maybe once or twice throughout his duration of, of being an oiler and I'll admit, I think there's been points where I've thought he should have been out of the lineup, but he's progressively just got better from a guy who was just a glassing out kind of guy to a guy who can actually make some plays now. He's uh, he's come a long way. So shout out to Vinny and just his career path in general. Somebody posted a picture. Is like, how is a guy who had five points in his draft year in the BCHL, now an everyday NHL, but he is he's figured work. out a way to do it. Hard work, Hard work. Grinds, man. Yeah, just yeah it is. He is. And he's he's going to be down. He's going to be cut down a couple of dollars here after uh, after tomorrow's game. He's noticeably better with the puck on his stick too. Like I don't know what he worked on over the off season, but like he is noticeably better with his decision making with the pucks on his stick. Rick, can you explain what you just said? Oh, he's going home. He's going to he's Montreal. Going he's going to be playing in his hometown. He's oh, got he's, uh, up on the board. he's got some friends and family. He's got to uh, fork over for I think uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 23, 25 tickets. He's uh, he's got to <laughs> fork out for tomorrow at the Bell Center too. That ain't cheap. No, no, it's, on a Saturday night, man. He's a it's a contract year for him, right? He's a yes. He's a UFA. UFA. I mean, I didn't know they were going to keep him, but I'm very curious how much they actually pay him. Probably only like. 1.1 million, something like that. But I mean, well, I, I saw said, I saw this thing the other day that um, they went through our whole roster and said, this is what they're getting paid. This is what the market should be paying them. And then either we were up or down. I think they had him at like 3.1, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't really oh. know. I would say this. So coming into this season, <laughs> I expected like a one-year contract. Um, where we're sitting right now, I'm expecting to see a three- to four-year contract. Oh, man. At least three million. I, I think that's what it might have been two million. I really don't remember. Um, I honestly I don't even remember who put it out there, but I think it was like blah 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 according to Dom. So I think it was the decision who did it, but I I don't really remember. But yeah, they had them. We we were definitely winning this contract with them. Wow. I'm if that number starts with a two, I might be a little bit nervous. He could price himself out of Edmonton if we're being honest. With a three on the two. I don't know if you could pay Vinny. I don't know if they can afford to pay Vinny 2.2 or 2.5 next year. What if you get like, I mean, so everything is going to be going up, right? By $5 million every year for probably the next four years easily. But it all goes to Connor Brown. <laughs> can we defer the money to 2034? <laughs> well, that's just it. Yeah. Tyler, can you get on the, uh, on the rule book and see if we can't defer things? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that might be what it takes. Or I mean, Again, we're on a nine-game winning streak. I hate talking about negative storylines, <laughs> but like, I have a question actually before we before we move on too much from from Connor Brown. Just a hypothetical. Throw this one in the air. So the others right now are three hundred ninety thousand 
in cap space, right? So Oof. that would that would mean that they could take three hundred ninety thousand off the Connor Brown bonus. Correct. If hypothetically they sent down at the end of the season, Ernie Holloway, Kemp, just those three guys, for example, that saves you a lot of money. Does that then change that? You know what I mean? Or when does when does the cutoff happen? Hmm. I you know think right? I agree because it. if there's if there's no game that day, if you're not trying to get a game in or a full roster, Set you down. take all of them. I, I assume we're going to get a DM here from Original Pozar as he's going to dive into the math on this one. I'm curious to know the answer on it. That's it. Well, I can't wait to wake up from a DM from OP tomorrow explaining this perfectly. Yeah, I'm just, I just have no idea the answer to your question, but I like the logic you're going with. Last yeah. game of the year, we are all playing... We're getting 700 bucks just to play the game. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's able to go down is going down. Oh, I wonder if it is the like the last game of the season, because that's when the cap would be, right? That's when the cap technically yeah. ends for the year. Oh, I wonder if something happens and like hopefully not, but like one of our like expensive players is like injured for whatever reason or LTIR, and all of a sudden you have all the cap. Uh, Mark Stone. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Help. I, I never thought. About I think. It. I think if you're an LTIR, it doesn't help you with bonus overages. No, it I want to say that. I, I think oh, okay. that you stop accruing, then, don't you? Yeah. 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 Interesting. And do we know for sure if we trade him that? Yeah. The bonus sticks yeah. with us. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is If the last game of the season, all of a sudden Dylan Holloway is in Bakersfield, yeah. and so is like I don't know whoever the seventh defenseman is at the time that does free up like 2 million of cap. That but listen, crazy. if you start next season, you can have Lavoie could easily be in the system. Broberg could easily be in the system. And if Broberg's playing, you're probably talking Kulak out, right? So that's $2 million there. I think in, in difference, uh, you bring in Lavoie, he's going to be playing at the, the eight fifty. Um, anybody so else are you saying, him? are you saying that, Moving out cool, I can have no. I'm just saying, like, the money give, I'm just saying, like, Vinny getting like, say, just even two million dollars next year might mm-hmm. be doable with the assumption that Lavoie comes in and plays, and then somebody probably at three mil, I mean, 2.75 Fogel's most likely gone. I don't really know, but I would Derek Ryan's gonna come off the books or or Sam Gagne, one of the two. I well, Gagne or Brown or sorry, Derek Ryan can go down to to, to uh Bakersfield. Who knows? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? This does kind of tie into uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about today on the show. So let's get into our league notes brought to you by Booster Juice. Seven days from now, Bagged Milk and I are going to be out and playing in the Tourism Jasper Pondoggy Tournament. Not only do we need to give a big shout out to Tourism Jasper, but we're going to be on Team Oilers Nation and we are going to be fueled by Booster Juice. Download the Booster Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day. And we're going to be relying on Booster Juice to get us through the Tourism Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. Uh, all right. League notes. I'm going to start with one that's not so much a league note. It's an Oilers note. But uh, Leon Drysettle did a sit-down with Mark Spector the other day to talk about his upcoming contract. And while there really wasn't a whole lot said in that piece, today we had Spector on ON every day. And he said one of his takeaways after chatting with Dreisaitl is that, hey, his next contract maybe isn't going to be an eight-year deal. Maybe Dreisaitl's the kind of guy to maximize his earning throughout his career. We'll sit down and go, hey, I'm going to sign a two-year contract and just see where we're at in a couple of seasons as well. So I'll throw this out 
to the group. I don't know if anyone wants to start with it. Maybe bag milk. Um, a two-year deal for Dry Settle. Would you be open to that if you're the Oilers, or would you be pushing hard for eight? Pushing hard for eight, obviously. But if he is willing to re-sign here, you find a way to make it work. If he wants to maximize his income and wait for the salary cap, like Rick suggested, is going to shoot up here, then I don't mind that at all. As long as he's in an Oilers uniform, frankly, I don't care how much money he makes. I gave props to Darnell Nurse earlier. Everybody cares how much money he makes. I am not one of those people. Go get your bread, son. As long as it's in Edmonton, I don't care what the deal is or what the number looks like. Anyone else opposed to the idea of a two-year deal? Rick, do you want to see him locked up? or I, There are some benefits, I think, to going with a two-year deal. Two or three. I mean, yeah, sure. There are some benefits, um, but the odds are those are going to end up falling in your favor, probably slimmer. So, yeah, no, I'm going to sit here and and try and get him locked up long term, which means you got to hold on to a couple of your prospects right now, just so there is like a team to be selling him when it comes time for the, the contract up. But like, if, but like Rick, if, if Leon goes, I'm not signing an eight year deal. I will sign a two or three year deal max with the Oilers. I'm happy to do it. You're, you're, you're I'm not signing gonna... that contract as fast as yeah, fucking possible. All right. So we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess there's not really a great argument against it. Like Dan, whatever Leon wants, you give to him, right? Like there's no point where you go, Oh no, we're not going to go re up dry saddle because we're scared of buying out of Vander Kane or something. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just uh, the only thing for the Oilers is just optics of, you know, every year that you don't get extra of Dreisaitl is one year. Maybe you don't get extra of McDavid. And that's that. So that's as an Oilers fan, I'm pushing for eight years plus, plus, plus whatever he wants to be here for. Let's do it. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I see the logic from the player's perspective. I just don't want to have to go there. Mentality. I think it's even a risk from the player's perspective, man. You never know what can happen. You got, you play yeah, that but, second, that second year, you get an injury. Who knows? what matter to them. Doesn't matter to them. Yeah, Not I think point. it'd be so hard to turn down a hundred million dollar contract. Like, let's yeah, but I do think that it's I think that the million contracts contract. after that are going to make your your number get way above that hundred million. And that's what I think. I think Drysaitel, McDavid, they all see the other leagues, you know, exploding and contracts are just exploding everywhere. Yeah, that's can only hold that's that back. A different, that's a different sub. That's a different uh, uh, story. There, I think maybe the guy in charge has to go because we have fallen so far behind the big three. Um, but yeah, that's a completely other topic, but, uh, but it has to start to come up into the players conversations when it comes to contract negotiations, they don't want to get locked into anything too long-term and then have a big shift happen. And you, you've got deferred contracts in 2035. Oh, so you think, Oh, so you say don't sign the eight right now because in four, the, co- the team I, contract go through the roof and all of a sudden you've got the, yeah. I can't even think of, you know, the, uh, but Derek Ryan's, you know, that's not even a great one. I'm trying to figure out these guys are getting fifty million dollars in the NBA. I've never heard of. Yeah, uh, I just, I just think business wise, it's a reality coming for us. So I don't you, see, I don't see our our that possibility happening anytime soon. Like just shooting up the way the NBA has. I understand what you mean. I wouldn't be overly fearful of it right now. I would love to see it as a hockey fan. But as just like sitting back and watching things and the way things are progressing, I'd be astonished to see us get some sort of TV contract the way the NBA got. Liam, you want to have the closing thoughts here? My closing thoughts. 
Um, hmm. This is my thesis. This is my thesis, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think it just, it's an interesting situation. I think ultimately he'll sign a long-term deal, but I could, if he signs four years, I don't think it's the end of the world at the end of the day. I think there'll always be the narrative, and it's similar to what Austin Matthews has done in Toronto too, where it's, oh, he doesn't want to be there. Well, if he didn't want to be there, he wouldn't sign a four-year deal at the end of the day. Like, he's just kind of looking out for himself on that side of things. So I, as long as he signs a contract, I honestly do not care how long it is. Just please do not leave us, Leon. Please. <laughs> That's where I'm at, too. Uh, we have an answer from original Pozar. Oh, Liam, nice. you said, if the Oilers sent down Holloway and Ernie, for example, on the last game of the season, would that extra cap space take money off the Brown bonus next season? He said, technically, yes, but not really. <laughs> what, does that mean? what the hell does that mean? He knows this league too well. He knows that they would rule against us in whatever arbitration we would have to go to after that. Technically, <laughs> yes, but not really. It would reduce the overall year-end cap hit by approximately one two hundredth of each player's cap hit. <laughs> yeah, that was the part no. I was not understanding. It doesn't. It doesn't drop. Oh, the cap. so it's only their salary for the day, not like yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that makes rude so far. That makes uh, sense because I remember one time uh, having Hart from Puckpedia on one of the shows. I don't remember which one it was. And he talked about, I think uh, I'm just going to throw a date out, but I don't, it's pretty close that they get paid on 188 or 187 day pay scale. And every day is its own kind of cap accrual day, I think. Just so if you put, if you sent him down, the only, the only money you would save is the money you had to pay him that day. So, one yes. day, you know, like $750,000 divided by 187 or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, it's something like that. Damn it. Well, there goes my genius idea right yeah, out of the way. Though. Stick to scouting. So, you're not quite a GM yet. Yeah. <laughs> Liam, we'll go work. You're saying that the that the the team isn't even trying if they aren't just sending guys down every single day for the rest of the season. Yeah, like there's no one playing today. Why not send <laughs> these guys down? We need some money for today. That's so interesting. So yeah, this, so, so Holloway would have to be down for a week, hypothetically, for it to even have any damage to it, right? Yeah. Kind of? Send him down. Wow. Dylan, yeah. thank you very much, but you're in Bakersfield for the year. We also only need 11 forwards and five <laughs> defensemen and one goalie now. <laughs> Can we please tell people on Twitter to stop saying bring up Holloway now? He still hasn't played a game down there. Tonight. First line center. Tonight? First line center. If no one, if, that's if the pipes don't burst again. Yeah. All yeah, right. Uh, Actually, other... sorry, Tyler. Did you see the video of the burst pipes in Bakersfield? It was crazy. That was, that was actually nuts. I, we kind of made fun of it, being like, "Oh, it's probably just like a Zamboni thing." No, was... that was actually crazy. No, they had mid, I think that was in Coachella. Yes, uh, San Diego. It was in San Diego. Or San Diego, yeah, Pachanga yeah. Arena. It was nuts. mid shin level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, I gotta check this out. It yeah, was on dude, there. Bakersfield tweeted out last week. It was special. Special. All right. Uh, special. The, the other league headline that kind of ties into the Oilers right now is the story out of Columbus that Elvis Merzlikens has kind of said, hey, I haven't requested a trade, but he's saying the Blue Jackets and I are going to work on finding me a new home. Merzlikens says he believes he is a starting goalie. Columbus apparently appears ready to move on. They have Daniil Tarasov coming up through their system right now. Elvis Merzlikens is a $5.4 million cap hit for three more seasons after this one. So his contract is identical to Jack Campbell in length, but it's $400,000 more. While I agree he's probably a better goalie, 
My point would be not by that much. I listen, he, he is better. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to, you know, say Jack Campbell's equal to him or anything. For me, I pass because I don't think it's worth getting rid of Jack Campbell just to bring on another expensive backup. Dan, what do you think? I, I, if you're giving me the opportunity at this moment to swap Merzlikens for Jack Campbell and not much more, I take that deal every day just based on age, just based on potential. I, I, yeah, I would do that in an instant. Uh, that sucks for Jack Campbell, but it, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, you just have the better goalie. And you're right, Tyler, it's not my much, but it's enough that I would make that move. Rick? I don't I don't think so, man. I uh I want somebody somebody better in, in, in making this move. I think Merz Lickens is still a bit of a question mark long term. Like you really don't know what you have with him. Like there's highs and there's lows. And to be honest, I don't see him being that much different than than say like Corpus Allo two years ago when we were in this talk. So if I'm anybody, I'm looking at getting an older guy for like even if I got Elvis for one year for the rest of this season, then I'd look at it and, and reevaluate reevaluate your goaltending situation in the summer. But I don't want to lock down again with another three years of him, knowing that he might do a Jack Campbell-esque thing or like maybe not as bad, but maybe, you know, he gets outplayed by Olivier Rodrigue in a season and a half and all of a sudden he's down there anyway. So if uh, we're ma- making a move for a goaltender, I'm probably this season looking at a guy with one to two years max left on his deal. And after that, I don't know, man. I I, I just, I, I don't think I'm moving this. I'm, I don't think I'm doing it for Elvis. And he's, I don't he's think not he's a backup. He's going to come here. He's going to be in a battle, but he could easily be a backup. Liam, and he's, got, he's got a 10, he's got a 10 team, no trade, right? So we might even be on there, but this might even be moved. Hopefully we're on that list because I would also not trade for Elvis Merzlikens for Jack Campbell. I just think you're just pushing your problem down the road of another goalie. And like I think Merzlikens ultimately is obviously a better goalie than Jack Campbell. I think everyone in the league is a better goalie than Jack Campbell right now, unfortunately. But I just don't think it's, the juice isn't worth the squeeze that much, right? Like Pickard's been good. I just don't think you need to... You don't need to put another problem in your lineup. Then the others need to find solutions. No and we problems. legit can't afford it right now. <laughs> we legit cannot afford problems. Yes. What do we say? We have 300 and what left? Yeah. 390,000. Unless we send Holloway down oh, for a so day and that's 391. Yeah, go fund me to find 10 grand to afford this. And, <laughs> uh, we're doing the whole zero, and we're doing the whole right at the ceiling again. Yeah. Bag Milk, do you have any interest in uh, Merz Lickens if, if there's a Campbell involved going the other way? I don't think so. But at the same point, I'm looking at Merzlikens numbers right now. He's a 907 on a terrible Columbus team. And Jack Campbell is 893 in the AHL. So I I shouldn't laugh. That's so bad. So, I mean, if it's a straight across swap, I'd be open to the conversation. I guess I'm a little bit more open to it than maybe you guys are, but like, it's not my preferable situation for sure. But I do know that Elvis Merzlikens numbers objectively are better than Jack Campbell's in the league above where Jack Campbell is playing. I just, so yeah. if we're, if we're going to have to spend assets to get rid of Jack Campbell, if that is the goal, just because we do not want him. If it's a one for one swap, I'd be more open to it than maybe you guys are. Because otherwise, what do you have to pay to get rid of them to get rid of that cap entirely? We heard it's two first round picks. 
that's a lot, especially we're talking about Leon's extension, Connor's extension, Bouchard's going to need extension. You're going to need younger players that can come and contribute on entry level deals. It's a lot. If the goal really is to get rid of Jack Campbell, a one for one swap for a guy like Elvis Merzlikens, who's outperforming him at a much worse team. I don't know. It might not be the worst thing. I would generally say no, but I feel like there's also needed to be an element of devil's advocate here on this conversation. I, I, I'm right there with you, Bag Milk. And like, I just, for me, it's like, do we all, I think all as a panel, we all agree that Jack Campbell is not going to be an Edmonton Oiler for the rest of this season. Yeah. Do we all think that about Elvis Merlikens? Because there's a chance that he could be. And I, like, to me, it's, you, you've got a, an asset in, a, in Bakersfield that is zero null for you. And Merzlikens could be something. I, I don't know. It's, it seems wild to me to say no, but I hear what you guys are saying. It's the could be that scares me. That's why if we're going to make a goal time, but, but we're saying that Jack Campbell is not. For yeah, sure. Jack. I'm not even talking about Jack Campbell. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm very comfortable right now from today till closer to the deadline, rolling Skinner and Picard. So I I agree that like I would. He's an upgrade on Campbell. If it was straight across, and for whatever exactly. reason Columbus was like, yeah, sure, like we just want to swap <laughs> problem for problem. I'm in. My fear is like. Columbus is going to sit there and go, ooh, well, we think Merzlikens is worth a second or a third. And getting rid of Jack Campbell for you guys is worth something. So it's Campbell in a first-round pick for Merzlikens. And if that was the play, I would, be, I would just be going to San Jose and being like, here's yeah. two firsts and Jack Campbell. Give us Blackwood. We get a better goalie, a younger goalie, a cheaper goalie, and Campbell's off the books. But I do agree. Like You, you guys raise a good point. Like If Columbus is just willing to do it, to do it, then yeah, like I like Merzlikens more than I like Jack Campbell, obviously. Um, do you like him more than Picard? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Like Merzlikens is capable of going on a hot run and being a 920 goalie for a bit. Picard's capable of going on a hot run and being a competent NHL goalie, but he's not capable of being a 920 guy for a long stretch. I just think, again, like they got a little bit of Columbus is bad. They've been very bad. And Merzlikens numbers is he's still got a 907, which is also better than what Picard's got with the Oilers this year. So I mean, like, again, if it's a one-on-one, one for one straight across, I'd be more open to it. But if you have to add in a first, then absolutely not. No. That's the thing. I I guess, yes, Merzlikens is a good goalie, but the fact that you just would you would have to add to the deal. I don't see a scenario where Columbus is going to be like, yes, take out a half decent goalie for your really bad goalie. Like, I'd rather do think something where you put Burgo and Campbell and eat half a Campbell salary and try and bring somebody back. Like there's just, I think there's just other opportunities to be made here. Agreed. Ah, January 12th. And we're still talking about trying to get rid of Jack Campbell. Feels good. Uh, There you go. That's your league note segment brought to you by booster juice. Um, Let's get to ask the idiots for Alberta blue cross protecting you and your memories, wherever your travel takes you visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. Maybe you want to get in on the nation vacation, which of course is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Man, the nation vacation is going to be a good time. We got a month left or five weeks left until we are on the road heading to Zona Hockey Hotel. Your flights, it's all included when you order through nationgear.ca. We also have a flightless option available for just $9.99. Come on down to the Mullet Arena to take in Edmonton versus Arizona. With all of us, it will be a guaranteed Good time, and it's all brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. I got some Ask the Idiots questions here, gentlemen, so let's not waste any time. Christopher Palmer is in with a nation vacation brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Question for you, where he says we get to see the Oilers in a teeny tiny little barn. He wants to ask this. 
without stating the obvious, clapping when the plane touches down. What's the most annoying thing someone can do on an airplane? Bagged milk, I'll let you go first. Uh, this is a tough one because there's gonna, so many he's things. He's going to have a bunch. He, this guy spent so half his life on an airplane. There's so many things that annoy me on airplanes that it's just... Uh, how much time do we have? One, <laughs> is your baby crying and you do nothing about it? Like babies are going to cry, understood. I'm accepting of that. But if there's also parents that they just let their toddlers cry and scream and kick the chair in front of them and don't really do anything about it, that's number one. Two, if you put your fucking bare feet on my chair, <laughs> I'm going to have a real problem with it. Three, um, I had another thing that I wanted to say. But I don't remember. Oh, yeah. If, if I'm in the aisle or middle and someone near the window, this doesn't happen very often, is getting up constantly in and out, in and out. I just want to swap you seats. I want to sit next to the window because I get up never. Uh, four, when they don't have any kind of uh, like beverages or anything for purchase, I know some short flights, that's the case. And that's fine if it's a short one. But there's other ones where you fly across three, four hours and they're like, no, we're not doing any beverage service or anything. That annoys me. Five, when your fucking flights get changed for no reason, then you have to deal with a bunch of angry people sitting on the plane just waiting to get anywhere. I could keep going, but I'll let you guys go. There's there's so many things that I'm looking at. <laughs> Liam? Um, yeah, I think we're covered. <laughs> um, when your I, stuff is up in the overhead bin and somebody starts smashing their bag into it and you know it's ramming your bag up there, bro, my laptop's in there. Figure it out. <laughs> Um, I will say when people don't understand the room of a seat, like when like they kind of like, you know, where the borders are. Yeah. Like your arms are a little bit over your foot's kind of like a little bit over too. It's like, no man, like these seats are, they're fine for everyone. Like we can fit perfectly in these seats. So I'll say not understanding your, your space, I guess. Rick. Uh, delays in the plane. So I don't really care too much about the people around me. I get some of the people to stand up because uh, being a taller guy with long limbs, it sucks to sit down for that long. So as soon as we touch around, I like to stand up for a second. I'll sit back down again, but I need to stretch the body out. No, it's, it's being on the plane and just having to sit there and sit there and sit there and then sit there and then sit there some more. Yeah, that's, I can't have that. I'm not a very patient person. Let's get the thing going here. Dan? uh for me it's a few things it's uh the people that queue outside of the gate uh waiting for you know when you've got your your <laughs> gate or your level one and your level two and your level mm. three and then everybody is in level four but all the people that i like to call gate lice uh there's the uh i don't like the people sorry rick the, the, the people that stand up at the end of the flight and then they proceed to like unpack as if we're ready to depart. Yeah, no one packing, but like stand up <laughs> and stretch yeah. again. I said, I'll sit down yeah, again, but I absolutely stretcher, man. It's, it's the people that, yeah, like this for this long. That go into the bins and then they're pulling out their bags and they're ready to go as if the gates are open, but we all know the gate is not open right away because that's not how airplanes work. Uh, yeah, for me, it's also uh, the people that can't clean up after yourself. You're walking down the plane and you're leaving the plane and you know that we've just been in this plane. There's 200 of us packed in here like sardines and you had to leave your ripped up into tiny little shreds packet of, of almonds or whatever on the plane. It's just nonsense. So there's a lot of things with flights. Yes, Beg. Another another one 
uh, just to add on dancing. So when people stand up when the plane leaves or lands, I should say, it's one thing to stand up. I'm cool with that. But then would, if you have assholes from back in the plane that try to rush forward yes. and beat the line, I will get murderous rage <laughs> just staring at you. I'll, I'll just stand in the middle. Then if I see someone trying to creep up the, the, the aisle like that, I'll happily stand in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was going to be mind bag milk. I got no problem. If you want to stand up. Notice them behind me. Yeah, and if you're the one who's trying to jump ahead a few rows to get off the plane, like you're not more important than anyone. That was going to be my answer. Uh, second question we got. Shout out to Christopher Palmer for that first one. Uh, this one comes in from Blake, who says, "How can the NHL fix offside reviews, Dan?" Oh, that's it, it's tough. But I think that the I, I always bring this one up. The NBA solved their issues uh, by creating a review center or a replay center where they actually had referees that were watching the game actively from, you know, Toronto. It's in New Jersey, but they would the NHL version would, of course, be in Toronto. Uh, and those are actually referees that could signal down to the to the referees on the ice and kind of give them the idea that they should come and look at stuff. I think that we need to be providing the referees with more tools to help them. And then that way, the, these quick reviews are not, or these reviews are just not as big of an issue. But uh, yeah, I think creating a replay center where you had a review that was off the, or an official that was off the ice that referees could confer with and actually would have already seen some of the replays ahead of time would help it. Uh, Rick, what do you think? Regular speed. Watch it on regular speed, and if you can see it, cool. If you can't, all right, move on. Simple. <laughs> I I don't hate that one, uh, Liam. Um, in soccer, they have this one where it kind of turns into a bit of a like a cartoon kind of thing, and you have a pretty good detail, and it goes like above, and you can actually like see where the ball is hypothetically in this scenario. And like, for example, just thinking of the Leon example, if they had a view that was like above Leon, you'd be able to see where the puck is perfectly instead of zooming in, zooming in, and zooming in. I'm pretty much assuming that he didn't have it under control, right? I feel like if they could advance the technology to that stage, like tennis has been doing it for a long time. Very different sport because there's not as much movement within the court, I guess you could say. But I think that's a way to do it. It's just upgrade the technology to help these officials. Also just change the rules completely and make it so when the puck goes in, then the feet come in. It's simple. Yeah, I think they should just eliminate the idea of possession mattering. It should just be your feet. One of your feet needs to go in after the puck and then you're good. And then it's not a problem. Bag milk. What do you think? I say make them do the reviews on smaller iPads. Mm. Well, I mean, technically, so Connor did say that this came from the league, not their officials. He did say talk to the linesman and he said it was on us to give it the league. So I'd like to hope that they're watching on something bigger than the iPad I'm talking to you on right now. Make them review it on the Jumbotron. It's on yep. your Apple Watch. Smaller iPads. Um, I think that's important. But for real, though, I think that real speed, I like that. Give them a time limit. That too. I don't think that we should be sitting there for 15 minutes. And to Connor's point, if you have to wait that long to try and figure it out because you're zooming in so far that you've got one pixel that seems to be offside, then chances are it really doesn't matter. I mean, last night, the goal he scored against Detroit, could you not argue that might have been offside? What's the possession rule on that one? You know what I mean? So just speed it up. Speed it up. Time limit, full speed, not frame by frame. They could also do a fan vote within the arena. Mm, The loudest section determines if it was a goal or not. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're a wave. You're America's funniest Ooh, wave. Here. Now everybody reach into the front of your seat and grab your voting receptacle. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think Rick and BM kind of hit on this, but like, give me, you get three looks at it from the side angle, three looks at it from the top angle at real time. If you can't determine from that, that it's offside or not, then the call on the ice stands. Like we, we shouldn't be trying this hard to take goals away. Go back to OG NFL then, because if you remember the NFL, they got into that little fucking that little booth thing by himself, and then after two minutes, it just turned off, and it was what it was. Like, what did you figure out? Because that's what it is. It's over now. Move on. I would yeah. just stay in there, Rick. I would stay in after the two minutes. Just I'm no, thinking it about off. it. Leave me alone. It turns <laughs> off, and it wasn't really inside anything. It was a little. It was like a video game, an you know, arcade game. You kind of stood there and look in, and two minutes, screen goes black. What do you the know? whole thing's so annoying because it all stemmed from the Matt Duchesne goal a bunch of years ago. Where he and if you play that at full high. speed, you're going to see that offside. If you play that at full speed, you'll be like, oh shit, that guy was 12 feet offside. That shouldn't have counted <laughs> well, at all. never get in trouble, by the way? <laughs> probably not. He's probably refing in the cup finals the next year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, shout out to Blake for that one. Last one comes in from Kevin who wants to know your dream sports destination. Liam? My dream sports destination would be the World Cup final with England lifting a trophy. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I don't know where it'll be, but I will be there, maybe, if I can afford it. <laughs> Rick? Wherever the Oilers are when they win the cup. Okie dokie. So maybe Edmonton. Dan? Uh, I've, I've always wanted to go and see an Aussie rules football game in Australia with like the the full spectacle, the biggest ones, you know. Yeah, they're fun. I went to, I got to go see one when I was down there, and it's they're great. They're great, and a lot of the nice part about it, the one I went to, um, if they found out, like they found out that my buddy and I were Canadian, and we obviously didn't know the rules of what the fuck we were watching. The two guys behind us not only bought us beers, but really patiently explained all the rules of Aussie rules to us, and yes. just we had the best time as a result. Right. Uh, BM, you're up next. Oh, this is easy. Without question, the best sporting event on earth that I really want to go to is a darts championship in Europe. With a 16-year-old world champion? I don't know if you've ever seen darts highlights from when it's really going bananas in there, but that place seems electric. I know I've sent Tyler some TikToks of when people do like a perfect nine dart and out and the place goes bananas. I would love to be sitting in there watching that happen. It just seems so much fun. Agreed. Um, mine is going to be Augusta for the Masters. I It's one of those things where like I'm pretty sure I'll never get a chance to do it just because it's so hard to get to, but I would love to go watch the masters in person. I would love to really see any golf major in person, but to get to do Augusta is it's without a doubt, top of the list for me. A ride, a last day on the Ryder cup would be sick too. That'd be dope. In yeah. Europe oh, though, not, the, not the U S what's the one where I get to throw beers at the golfers. I want to go there too. Waste oh, management. Waste management open. And in Scottsdale, um, that, that one. Is do you, like, do you feel at all? You'd be let down a bit just because, Watching on television is such great views of everything. And if you were there, and let me just go back to, like, say, Tiger Woods at Indian Augusta in the early 2000s. There's a trillion fucking people going from one hole to the other hole. I don't know what the fuck you get to see. So if you're going to do that, you want to be inside the rope. Because otherwise, I'd, it'd be cool to be there, but I'm not so sure you're going to see shit. 
Yeah, but here's like Rick, I agree. Like if you went every single year by the end, you'd be like, I just want to watch this thing on TV. <laughs> the first time and probably the only time you get to go, I think you'd be so swept up in the whole thing and getting to see different golfers and walk the course that you'd love it. Counterpoint. 100%. But if the, if the final came down to something that was dope yeah. to watch on TV, like if the Tiger shot on 16 and the whole, the way the golf ball style, and you were like on 14 or something, or you were late and you couldn't see it, I think there'd be a little bit of a maybe regret. You're going to love being there. Yeah. But they're going to be like, fuck, I wish I saw that live. What were you going to say, BM? No, oh, that's just too much walking. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to wrap the rope, up. The sh- then we're talking. We're going to wrap up the show with hot and cold performers. It is brought to you by Greta, your go-to pre and post game spot, downtown Edmonton, go to spot to watch the game as well. Hit them up. They got games so that you can sit during the intermission and always be entertained. Um, Also double sponsor alert. Pew, 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 pew. This segment is not only brought to you by Greta. It's also brought to you by our friends over at backside tours. I think most of us have been on one of their trips down to Calgary to watch a BOA They are an absolute blast. When you book through Backside Tours, you get your game ticket. You get one night in downtown Calgary. Your hotel stay is taken care of, and you get transportation in a luxury motor coach to and from Calgary with your pickup in either Edmonton or Red Deer. They are doing it for next Saturday's game between Edmonton and Calgary. If you want to get in, you need to buy before Sunday, January 14th. That is like 48 hours away. So you got to get in. It starts at $299 per person. So that is a good deal when you consider transportation, hotel, and tickets to the game. And guess what? Oodle Noodle is helping us out. We are giving away two passes to get on this trip on our socials. So keep it locked on our Instagram to find out how you could win your way into their latest Calgary hockey road trip. Um, You know what? Gentlemen, I'm making a bit of an executive decision here. We have all dealt with a lot of sadness and heartbreak over the last 24 hours. So we're going to skip cult performers. We are going to focus on the positives in our life to end this week's edition of the pod. Dan, you can go first. Also, bag milk, do you have buttons? Uh, yeah. Hang on. <laughs> let's see if they work. Hang on. Okay. Couldn't text uh, this in or bring it up before the show. I like it. just drops it right beside yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. It's all good. I got you, Tyler. Uh, my first, I'm going to do two hot performers just because we're flipping the script here. Uh, first hot performer is going to go to the listeners that reached out. Thank you very much for the kind messages that I uh, I received over the last week. Uh, thanks to my cold performer from last week. Uh, and then my other hot performer is just Gene Principe. Man, I don't know. Like, there's just something about that guy. Every week, he makes me smile. I enjoy having him on the broadcast. Love having him be a part of Edmonton Oilers hockey. So, Gene Principe, you get my hot performer of the week. Yeah. Um, big shout out to Brooke, who I know emailed me. Brooke, I know I didn't get back to you. I wanted to forward it off to Dan to give him a chance to respond. But I loved reading your email, and I love that you did what you did there. Uh, Rick, your hot performer of the week, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> oh, why? Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna pick out one player. <laughs> this is a team win, team lose situation. The team is on fire. Um, they're kind of back to where we thought they would be. They have been for a while. They're carrying it every time that, uh, the better they play, the better our lives are. So let's just give it to the whole damn team. So you've come to the master for guidance. <laughs> Bag of milk. I'll let you go next. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go back to our man Bronte. Uh, I just, you know, it was, it was really nice to see how much support and love that he got yesterday. Uh, Gregor wrote a really, really nice piece about him yesterday on OilersNation.com. That article went everywhere. 
it was being retweeted by literally any kind of media person you could think of. So I'm going to give my hot performer to Bronte, Ruben Bronte. And if you haven't heard the story about why we call him Ruben Bronte, go check out Gregor's article because it really is hilarious. And I'm glad that nickname stuck with him. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Robin. Oh, it's a crowd, crowd applause. Uh, Liam, your hot performer. Um, I, this is one I forgot to give last week, but I'm going to give my hot performer to a gentleman called Derek Thomas, who listens to our podcast. He said he's a big fan of it. I met him at the wedding I went to over, <laughs> over the Christmas break, and he pulled me aside and said he, he really liked listening to the podcast and couldn't believe I didn't have any bananas on my table. So I pulled up my my pants leg and I was wearing my banana socks and he got a real kick out of that one. So uh, shout out Derek Thomas. Let's go, baby. <laughs> uh, I got a couple. One, the fact it's NFL Super Wildcard Weekend, one of my favorite sporting weekends of the year. Hell yeah, go Bills. Also, I dug into, I, I got an Apple TV like I or Apple TV subscription. I finally figured out how to set it up. There are three shows on there that I binged over the last 10 days that are unreal. The Morning Show, Shrinking, and then Severance is like a really weird psychological show. Those mm. three shows, if you need something to do this weekend, they got my recommendation. They're my hot performers of the week. Only It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Hey, is, today's, is today Connor McDavid's birthday? Yes. Tomorrow. Oh. Oh, you saw the tweet then? <laughs> I just saw. I'm, I'm assuming it was Wanya who sent it. Um, but anyways, okay. Happy early birthday, Connor. Um, all right, guys. Big shout out to you four for hopping on and doing the pod remotely today and uh, managing to get this thing done despite the weather being absolutely dog shit. Um, and a big shout out to everyone who's reached out and offered their support with uh, the passing of our pal, Robin Brownlee. We are going to end on that as the final note for this week's podcast. Uh, this one was for Robin. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.